You're listening to the Arrowhead Live Podcast Network. Thank you, Kansas City. We did it, baby. All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Nosebleed Seats. It is our week three preview. Kansas City travels to Baltimore on a Monday night showdown between two former MVPs. I'm Jordan Anderson. With me, as always, my guy, Marcus Baker. Marcus, uh, congratulations on the uh, Kansas State win today, the upset over Oklahoma. I know you're pretty thrilled about that. Yeah, um, I was excited to say the least. A little bit disappointed in myself. Um, For the first time, I would say probably in my entire life, I gave up on a game in the middle of it. Uh, Oklahoma went up 35-14, to and I shut the TV off. And I regret that decision. Have you seen the movie Fever Pitch? Yeah. I feel like uh, Jimmy Fallon, the night that he didn't go to the Yankees-Red Sox game. That's for sure. I missed the biggest comeback in school history, but I watched the highlights and I went back and rewatched the game. So You made a sacrifice. Know. Just look at it that way. <laughs> exactly. Hey, and maybe you know how we talk about negativity being helpful sometimes. Maybe me shutting it off. You never know. If that was the case, I would have stopped watching Kansas football 14 years ago. But, <laughs> you might need to start doing yeah, that. I guess so. Anyway, let's get on uh, talking about Chiefs. Last week, you know, we predicted a blowout. The Chiefs would blow the Chargers out last week. Uh, that was not the case. They started Justin Herbert uh, at a surprise right at game time. He found out right at kickoff he was starting. Uh, team doctors actually punctured Tyrod Taylor's lungs. Uh, I'm not sure I would keep that team doctor around anymore, but that's just me. But the Chiefs are in a dogfight. I mean, they're trailing until the fourth quarter of that game. And if not for Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, you know, that combination there, I don't think the Chiefs get out of there with a win. I mean, Justin Herbert was not shaken or stirred at all. He, I mean, he looked like a pro quarterback. And I think, you know, he gets a few more games under his belt and gets a season under his belt. I think that's going to be a rivalry again, honestly. I mean, that defense is still stout, even without Derwin James. Uh, Melvin Ingram got injured during the game there. But, I mean, the game ends with Harrison Bucker kicking a 50-plus yard field goal three times in a row to win the game. You know, you had a uh, false start on the first one to back it up to 58 yards. Then uh, the Chargers called a timeout on the second one, which was also down the middle. And then the third one, you know, as soon as he kicked it, he knew it was going in. He just turned around and, I mean, it's just swagger, man. It's awesome to see. It's awesome to go back and watch that. But I was not happy about the three-point win. I definitely expected us to play a lot better. Defense is still shaky. You know, we'll talk about that here in just a little bit. But the Chiefs get out of there with a win, 23-20. to They're 2-0. and Now on to Baltimore. They travel to Baltimore uh, for the first time in – quite a long time. I think the last time we played them at Baltimore uh, was the playoffs, and I want to say 2010, if that sounds right. But Baltimore's also 2-0. You know, they've looked better than we have um, as far as the point differential with their opponents. So I'm a little nervous going into this one. I don't know. It's interesting because, in my opinion, the tail of the tape is a little bit different than the scoring summary. For both of Baltimore's games, I mean, Cleveland, they are what they are. 
they look decent against uh, Cincinnati, but it's Cincinnati. Uh, so I don't know what to take from that. That's one of the Baltimore's wins. And then we know what we're seeing in the Houston Texans. You turn that tape on, I feel like we actually played the Texans better than the Ravens did. I don't feel like the score was really telling of the reality of that game. If a couple of things go differently, Houston could have been in that game. And we beat the brakes off of the Texans with the exception of garbage time. So, I don't know. It's a good matchup. There's there's a lot of things that are going to have to go right for either team in terms of whoever wins the ball game. But like like we saw last week, I don't think there's another team in the league that beats the Chargers in that game but the Kansas City Chiefs. What we're capable of doing offensively is unmatched by anybody in this league. And if you're the Ravens, they know. They know deep down what they're going up against. They understand that no lead's safe. And I don't know. I'm interested to see because John Harbaugh is very aggressive on fourth down. I don't know if it's analytics or just his personal preference, but it'll be interesting to see how aggressive they play knowing that you've got to put points up to beat this team if Patrick's having a day. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, if you look back to last year, the Chiefs were absolutely dominating that game. If not for two Hail Mary prayers that Lamar Jackson throws deep in the second half, the Chiefs run away with that one in a blowout. And what's funny about that is we didn't even have a healthy Tyreek Hill when we played them. Uh, Demarcus Robinson was a star in that one. You know, um, I was actually at that game. I sat in the end zone uh, about four rows up, but Demarcus Robinson absolutely torched uh, Marlon Humphrey. And, you know, Chiefs, I mean, kind of controlled it from there. But like I said, if not for two prayers that Lamar Jackson threw up, the Chiefs are double-digit winners in that one, you know, by a large margin, at least 16, 17 points. So I know what the Chiefs are capable of, whether they can do it in a hostile environment, which is Baltimore allowing fans? I'm not sure if they are or not. I don't believe that they are. I'm not 100% sure, but I don't believe they are. It'll be interesting, though, um, to see, because last time we played, the argument argument could be made, excuse me, that Baltimore wasn't the offense that they are now, and vice versa, Kansas City wasn't the defense. Both units were still trying to kind of come into their own and find their groove, and they were completely different units by the end of the season, so... It'll be an exciting matchup, on, especially on those sides, because you kind of know what you have in Baltimore's defense. They added a couple more talented pieces, but and then we know what we have, of course, with Kansas City's offense. So I think the intriguing thing is going to be that Ravens' uh, peak potential offense versus this Kansas City Chiefs defense that has improved tremendously in stopping the run since playoffs and later on last season. Uh, getting a guy like Mike Pinnell back will be big for them too, which we'll discuss later. But for sure, yeah, um, without a doubt, you know, like as as always, we're gonna break down those six key guys: uh, three for Kansas City, three for Baltimore that we think are gonna have a huge impact on the game, and then uh, we're gonna cap it off with Marcus's make or break keys to victory once again. Um, but Marcus, I want to talk about the Chiefs' defense for just a minute here because we can't get any worse if we're being honest. And honestly, I, I don't think the problem is up front, and I don't think it's in the secondary. I think it is absolutely 100% in the middle with the linebackers. Not only has Ben Neiman been the worst linebacker in football over the last two weeks, 
Anthony Hitchens has been terrible, and Damian Wilson has been terrible. Now, Damian Wilson laid a hit on Herbert. I think he hurt himself more than he hurt Herbert. But, I mean, at least he was tackling. But, you know, with our other guys uh, here with Arrowhead Live, we've been talking. And, you know, we're finally getting them to side with us here that Ben Neiman is absolutely awful. And why Willie Gay is not playing, you know, and, you know, the reporter spoke to Steve Spagnuolo this week asking why he's not getting playing time. And basically, you know, it was the most vague response ever was that he's going to get more opportunities. He said the NFL is a, uh, you know, it's a learning game. And basically it just called him dumb without saying that he's dumb. You know what I mean? So I don't – he can't be worse than Ben Neiman, man. Tell him to find the football. Go hit it. And I feel like we're preaching to the choir at this point. It's a broken record. You know, every week we're just begging to see Willie Gay play. He had a great special teams play, uh, got his hand on a punt. I, I mean, he makes plays when he's there, but he, he only gets five snaps a game. So how is he supposed to showcase his talents if – you're not playing him. I mean, he was a second-round pick, was he not? Or was it second or third round? He's second. Yeah, so, I mean, he's a second-round pick, and he's not playing. Now, I've been absolutely thrilled with how Mike Dana and uh, LeJarrius Sneed have played because LeJarrius Sneed, in case you guys didn't know this, is the league leader in NF or in NF – oh, wow, in interceptions right now. Sorry, I can't talk today. But he's the league leader in interceptions right now, and he has played fantastic through the first two weeks. You know, it would be and, nice to have Shavarius Ward back this week as well. But, like I said, the problem's not in the secondary. It's the linebackers. It is. It has been, and it will be. Like, that's the reality of this defense. Um, I love the depth on our defensive line. I think these young guys, like you said, uh, Michael Dana, uh, Tashawn Wharton, he played very well. He really impressed me in a, on a lot of snaps against the Chargers, he's got grown man strength for somebody that's that young. And it, it's it's refreshing to see, knowing the struggles we've had with the run game the last decade as Chiefs fans between the Bob Sutton and Steve Spagnuolo defenses, with the exception of late last year. But we're going to have to show up. This run defense, like I mentioned, getting a guy like Mike Pinnell back is going to be big for this run defense. But if you throw a guy like Wharton in there in the middle who played the run pretty well, this last week and the snaps that he was in on. Chris Jones is, I, in my opinion, one of the most underrated run stoppers in the game um, because he's so good at rushing the passer. I just, like you said, the problem's not in the front seven with this defense. or No, it is in the front seven, but it's not on that defensive line, and it's not in the secondary. The secondary's played way better than the linebackers, and it's a patchwork group with guys that have little to no experience. I mean, when you see a guy, you look at a guy like Anthony Hitchens, he's been in this league, what, nearly a decade, if not more. I get it. The physical intangibles, kind of like we saw with Derek Johnson, are probably fading for him. And it's not the same from a burst and explosion standpoint from an athleticism side. But I mean, you've got to be, you've got to be the leader of this defense. You've got to be the field general when you're in the situations he's in. And they've got Neiman running the mic a lot. And call him plays sometimes. I just I don't care if the mental capacity's there. I get it. I want a guy that makes plays. It don't matter. Cause the way I look at it, I look at it this way. Ben Neiman may know every single phase of this defense. He may know how to play every single linebacker position. 
it doesn't matter when the ball snapped. It really doesn't because he may know where the ball's going. He may know what the play call is supposed to be, understand what the defense is doing, and it still doesn't matter because he doesn't have the physical intangibles to make plays. And I think the Hitchens thing is the same problem. Hitchens is just because of age, I think, and lack of aggression and physicality sometimes. Neiman's just, I don't know, he's soft. He don't hit like a vicious, violent linebacker, which I hate. I hate to see a linebacker run full speed and then hug somebody to the ground. Like, this is the National Football League. I don't want to see that in the XFL. So I definitely don't want to see that in the NFL. And it's just, like you mentioned, Damian Wilson, he's aggressive sometimes. We see little bursts from him, but it's not consistent. Hitchens is almost never aggressive. Ben Neiman, I don't think, has the ability to be. And he, those two guys, Hitchens and Neiman, don't have the physical skills to make the plays like Willie Gay Jr. might be able to. And it's yes, it's a potential thing, but... Start the guy that we don't know what he has over the guys that we know what they are. They have very, very low ceilings. Yeah, it's got a higher floor, and I understand that. But Willie Gay Jr., when he misses a tackle, he's got the physical ability to recover and still make a play. If Ben Neiman misses a tackle, it's over. Like, it's done. If they get past him, he's done. He's out of the play. He doesn't run a 4-4. He doesn't run a whatever Willie runs. I think it's a 4-3-6 or something like that. Or 4-4-6, excuse me. But I just – and I don't want to judge a guy just on pure speed, but when you watch his Mississippi State tape, yes, it was limited uh, play time. The aggression's there. The downhill abilities there. And he reacts to the football. And I get it. You guys – these guys in this league have to have assignment discipline. But – it doesn't matter if you know where you're going if you still can't make the play. But I don't want to get on a Willie Gay Jr. tangent. I do it, it seems like every episode this season, so I don't I don't want to go real. Like deep I said, it's a broken it. record at this point. It really yeah, but is. It's just so frustrating for the the Chiefs fans and the kingdom as a whole that understand this game when we're watching this linebacker core that and we understand how inept they are to make plays and you've got a guy on the sideline you invested a second round pick in. It's just setting there. It's just basically this is what it comes down to, and you know we'll move on with this. Get Ben Neiman out of the damn game. Keep him out of the damn game. Keep him off of an NFL roster. He is trash. Will always be trash. Has been trash. I will. I will die on that hill. Same. And I. So Daniel or Gay? I don't care. Either one. We will. We'll leave it at that. Um, Moving on to the impact players to watch. We talked about Mike Pinnell coming back. Obviously, I think that's going to be huge in the run game. You know, he's pretty he's pretty damn solid up front. And definitely, you know, once he came along last year, our run defense definitely improved. Uh, but let's go ahead and talk about the uh, another defensive player here, and that's Tyron Matthew. I think he's been frustrated as much as we are. And, you know, he has said that publicly the last two weeks. I think, honestly, this week, and, you know, I had my bold prediction last year, that we would hold Derrick Henry under 100 yards rushing in the playoff game. And we did. And you guys laughed at me. And, uh, you know, that's in the past. I'll forgive you. But I think I think the Chiefs hold Lamar under 70 rushing. Yeah. I know that is a huge hot take and a bold prediction, but that is just my opinion. I think – I think the run the run D is going to get to them finally this week. I think he's going to have to beat us with his arm. 
But yeah, I don't. That disagree. being said, I don't. Go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Sorry, you're good. No, what I was going to say though on that on that uh, on that subject, I think the key for the Chiefs is just get a lead, get a lead early, get up fourteen to three or twenty one to seven, and take that run game away from them. I think that's the best way to play this team. If we can get out and start quick, you can't run the ball when you're down 14 points. It's just not doable if you want to win in this league. So I think that'll be very important, and I think your prediction is very possible. If we can get out early in the game and get a get a couple score lead, I think we could definitely neutralize that run game. And like you said, having Pinnell back is going to be huge. But For sure. And then, uh, Marcus, I'm pretty sure we got the same keys here, so go ahead with our uh, third one. I've got Mike Pinnell as the third one, but um, no, I meant like, you know, we talked about Mike Pinnell. We talked about Tyron Matthew. Oh, okay, yeah, my fault. Um, yeah, the other thing, Chiefs offensive line. What we saw last week, it worried me. Exposure I think last, is what that was. Yeah, it was. A simile looked terrible in pass pro. Fisher did not look great. That was, I can say without a doubt, that's the worst game Mitchell Schwartz has ever played in a Chiefs uniform. And I don't think yeah, it's I close. Think, I'm starting to think Mitch has spent too much time in the kitch. Because <laughs> the last two weeks, he has not looked good. He's given up a sack in week one. He gave up a sack last week. I mean, what's what's going on with Mitch Schwartz right now? I really don't understand it. Osemele actually didn't look as bad as what, you know, I feel like the entire offensive line was bad. So it kind of put you kind of include Osemele in there, but he actually had the the best game of all of them, honestly. And he's been he's been pretty solid for two weeks. He didn't allow a sack from his guy, so I mean he allowed a couple hurries, but that's that's Chiefs' offensive line. But they have to give Mahomes times to throw, or he's gonna die. And you know you get him hurt, we definitely don't have a shot. So right, they have to show up this week because. I mean, the Chargers were getting it done with with four rushers. The Ravens aren't going to do that. Not with uh, oh, who's their defense? Wink Martindale is that their defensive coordinator? That yeah, I think sounds so. right. Yeah, yeah, that's that's right. I think uh, he's very aggressive in blitz package. He's a guy that's going to send the house repetitively, and I, he should. That's his mo. I don't know if they'll do that because you know when you blitz heavy, you're taking a big risk against this Chiefs offense, but. And I'll get into that a little bit deeper. But, yeah, the Chiefs offensive line, they have to show up this game. That that Ravens pass rush is five, six guys deep altogether that can put a whooping on whoever they're going up against, whether it's Judon or Calais Campbell. They brought in Derek Wolf as well as Calais Campbell. And then the guys they've had, they still – Parnell McPhee seems like he's been there for 20 years. He's still there. They, I mean, they've got a lot of pieces on this front seven that can wreak havoc. So this this team's got to be prepared, and this offensive line has to do a better job than they did last week against the Chargers if we want to have success. Because Patrick, and yes, we know this week we've seen people saying, oh, well, Pat was drifting too far back in the pocket, making it hard. I'm sorry. He's running for his life a majority of that game. And when you're Patrick Mahomes, you drift back in the pocket. So if you can get outside and get to moving to still throw the ball, you do it. I think a lot of times he was drifting to try to give himself space to get around the edge and roll out if he had to. Um, I don't know how that'll look this week, but yeah, we've got to see better improved play out of Mitchell Schwartz. That's just, I mean, you're an all pro. You're better than that. 
Eric Fisher's better than that. We're a better offensive line as a whole than that. So I don't know. A lot of things happened. I don't think the defense was all in all prepared for Herbert playing. And it's a big difference between him and Tyrod Taylor last week. And that may have played a big part into it because they didn't game plan for him. I guarantee it. And he's a physical specimen. He's, I mean, the man's Cam Newton's size. You don't have that threat this week from a size standpoint, but you have that threat from an athleticism standpoint. But we'll get back, we'll get deep into that phase here in my uh, maker breaks. But yeah, I totally agree that this offensive line is going to have to step up. We're going to have to see a lot out of Tyron Matthew to blanket Mark Andrews, shut Mark Andrews down, and then rely on these corners on the outside to neutralize Hollywood Brown. I think if we can do that and then our front seven focus on the run game, we'd be in good shape. All right, we're going to zoom through these Baltimore ones real quick so you can get on to your maker breaks. But basically, you look at the Chiefs' three keys we have, you flip that, and you get their matchup on Baltimore's side. Uh, so Mike Pinnell, you know, you're going to have to worry about the Ravens' running backs. And I do count Lamar Jackson in that group of running backs because he is a running back, technically. But I've got the running backs. Um, Tyron Matthews is going to be facing Mark Andrews all day, who's a dangerous target. The Chiefs have struggled against tight ends, so I'm anxious to see how that matches up there. And then, you know, this kind of outside-the-box one, but you got Marcus Peters, who is playing the Chiefs for the second time, uh, you know, with a different team this time. He was with the Rams last time we played him. Uh, he got the game-winning interception. So, you know, he's definitely going to be fired up to play against us again. Um, a little different tone in his press conference this week. He actually gave respect to Patrick Mahomes rather than standing over him and putting his face in his helmet and all that. So, um Guys, it's going to be a dogfight. I have no doubt in my mind it's going to be a dogfight, but I don't know. I just I don't see the Chiefs winning this one just because of struggles on defense. So, Marcus, before you go to your make or breaks, I'm going to have my prediction. I'm going to say 35-31 Baltimore. Yeah, I uh, I can't disagree. I mean, I could very well see that score going either way. I think both teams are going to put up a respectable amount of points because of how efficient and elaborate their offenses are on each side of the ball. But if I'm if I'm uh, Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator, and John Harbaugh over there in uh, Baltimore and then Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, I pull out all the stops. I know it's only week three, but this could very well decide the one seed. Honestly, it could. This could be the game that determines who's getting that home field advantage. And for us, it'll be a big deal because we have fans. They may not. And hopefully by that point, maybe everybody will, but fingers crossed on that. But this is a this is a big game. And it's it's an exciting time for fan bases as a whole in this league, because this is probably the the game that everybody that's an NFL football fan's been circling since the since the schedule released way back in like March. So I uh I look forward to the matchup, like you said. There's a real possibility that the Chiefs can't pull this off. But I think last week having to transition their game plan to Herbert made a big impact. I expect the offensive line to be improved. And I think ultimately it's going to come down to the fact that Baltimore is going to be over-aggressive on defense because that's their MO. And I think Mahomes and our offensive weapons are going to make them pay for it. I think it's going to be a dogfight, like you said. But if the Chiefs can neutralize Andrews with Tyron, which I think he can totally do, the corners can lock down Hollywood 
Brown, which I think they have the capability of doing. And that front seven just contain the run game. You can't stop it. It's one of the best run games in the history of this league. But if you can contain it, we can win this football game. And getting a guy like Pinnell back, hopefully we'll see a little bit more Willie Gay Jr. and a little less Ben Neiman being the Dorian O'Daniels out. So there's no rotation gap there to where he's being rotated in behind somebody. You know what I mean? Dorian O'Daniel won't be taking those rotation snaps from Willie, so we may see him a little bit more. And I think he's going to be better against the run because he's aggressive. Um, not all in all, though, I think the Chiefs have what it takes defensively to win this game. And I expect the offensive line to do much better this week and Patrick to just be himself again and have a preface of getting, or you know what I mean, uh, prioritize getting going early offensively to not put ourselves in a hole. Because this is a team that can get that lead and never give you the ball back because their run game is so dominant. So it's going to be very important for those this Chiefs offense to get out there and be effective early on. But I think the Chiefs can win this. I'm going to go uh, 28 to 24, Kansas City. All right, fair enough. Um, <clears throat> you know, kind of running short on time here. But if you want to make your, uh, you know, your make or break moments uh, real quick, just go ahead and zoom through those, and uh, we'll wrap this up. And uh, right. look forward to Monday night. So, uh, that being said, time's yours. All righty. So, for my make or breaks here in week three between the Baltimore Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, for the Chiefs offense, I think the key to success is just going to be to take advantage of the Ravens' aggressive blitz, blitz packages, like I mentioned. Um, it's going to help build a lead. If they can build a lead early on attacking those blitz packages, um, I think it's going to put them in a great position to win this game because the best way to beat the Ravens is neutralize their running game and force Lamar Jackson to beat you with his arm. And I think that's really the only way to beat the Ravens with what they have defensively and what they can do from a creative standpoint with the improvement Lamar's had with his pass ability. I think you really have to find a way to get a lead early and neutralize this, uh, this running game. And the Chiefs just have to make big plays. They can get in front early and take that running game away and preface this that Lamar pushes the pass game and puts us in a position to where our strength and our defense, our safeties, can play over the top and make plays on the football. I think it's going to put the Chiefs in the best position possible. But, yeah, it's just getting out there early, attacking that heavy blitz scheme offensively and scoring points early on. For the defense, I think they need to focus on the run game, especially early in the game. And hopefully once we get that lead that I discussed in a perfect world for the Chiefs, it'll allow the defense to transition a little bit away from the run game as a primary focus and lock down their two biggest threats in Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown. So if you can keep Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews single hand from single-handedly beating you in the pass game, I think we can win this. And I think we can win it convincingly, potentially. Um, I know it's going to be – a tough game. I know Lamar is going to bring his Lamar magic to the game like he does. He's going to make plays. But if you can shut down their two weapons in the pass game for the Chiefs defensively to where you're focusing on stopping this run game and two or three guys can neutralize their main weapons, I think it's going to put you in the best position from a defensive standpoint for the Chiefs. Um, alternatively, though, for Baltimore, they need to be aggressive in the pass game early. They have to develop a lead early on and then use that run game to control the clock for the remainder of the game. The, the really the main way and only way to beat this Kansas City Chiefs offense is to control 
the time of possession and keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline. And if you're doing really well in the pass game, being aggressive in the pass game and scoring points early and often from Baltimore's standpoint, it's going to force the Chiefs to respect your pass game and not stack the box or primarily focus on stopping your run game, which is your bread and butter there in Baltimore. So I think the key for them is just attacking the field, downfield early and often, scoring as many points as they can in the first half. That way, when they get the ball in the second half, they can chew clock and use that dominant run game to keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline. Because that's really been the blueprint for most teams that have beat us in the Mahomes era. And we saw last week the Chargers did a very good job of scoring effectively and controlling the clock. They had a a few uh, time-consuming drives where they just ran the ball down our throat. And without a guy like Mike Pinnell, we weren't able to neutralize that. So hopefully that changes for the Chiefs this week. But for the defense, you just have to kind of follow the blueprint that the Chargers gave last week, apply pressure early and often to Patrick, get him off balance and confused with your exotic blitz packages, and just let Wink Martindale do his thing and get into his bread and butter and attack the the passer, basically, and rush the passer in confusing ways. Because at the end of the day, Mahomes is only, what is this, year three? Yeah, he's only a third-year starter. And we know that he's done a pretty good job of decoding blitz packages, but if you can get that pressure on him, that's how you get him out of rhythm. Um, And that's really what they're going to have to do to force this team to go other ways to beat them. And if you're the Ravens, you want to force the Chiefs to run the ball. You want to force this young running back to try to beat you because you'd much rather take a fight on against Clyde Edwards-Alaire and our Chiefs offensive line than you would Patrick Mahomes' arm. Any league, any team in this league would do that. So I think it's going to suit the defense best if they can apply pressure early there in Baltimore and force the Chiefs to run the football opposed to beating them with the big plays, which we know the Chiefs are known to do. And give them the short stuff and don't allow the deep pass. I think if the Ravens can do that, they'll be on a fast track to winning this ballgame. So those are my make or breaks for this matchup. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing which of these two sides can execute these points and have the most success here in week three on Monday night. Uh, Kickoff, I think it's 7.15 Central time there. The game is in Baltimore, but like I said, I think the Chiefs have everything they need to win this football game. And when it comes down to brass tacks, Lamar Jackson is still 0-2 against Kansas City Chiefs, and I'm hoping to see 0-3 come Tuesday morning. Wouldn't you agree, Jordan? For sure. Uh, you know, I'm definitely looking forward to the game on Monday night. Uh, Brian Greasy, Steve Levy, and Lewis Riddick on the call there. Uh, game starts at 7.15. <sighs> go Chiefs. <laughs> That's all I can say, really. Uh, guys, go check out arrowheadlive.com, shop arrowheadlive.com. Uh, I know they're having a big sale this week, I think 25% off of all merchandise there on the site, so go check that out, please. And listen to the other guys on the on the Arrowhead Live Podcast Network as well. They all do a fantastic job. All have different points of views. It you know, it's really, it's really good going for us right now. So uh, you know, we'll see you guys next week. And hopefully the Chiefs are three and by this time next week. Uh, Marcus, you got anything to add before we get off? Nope. Looking forward to another uh another great weekend of football and hopefully a awesome Monday night. Just one last shout out to K State. Hell of a win today. I missed it, unfortunately, but it, it's a good day to be a 
football fan here in the state of Kansas. Well, with the exception of Kansas University of Kansas, but <laughs> we're used to that, aren't we? Put some uh, put some salt in the wound there. Appreciate it. My fault. My fault. <laughs> All right, guys. For Jordan Anderson, Marcus Baker, you've listened to the Nosebleed Seats. We'll see you guys next week. Go Chiefs. To the Chiefs kingdom, you guys are world champions once again. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Arrowhead Live Podcast Network. Go Chiefs!